You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everybody, to your first driving home instant reaction from a Brooklyn Nets game of the season Right here on the Evan Roberts Podcast. Now, I'm sure the first thing you're thinking to yourself is, why tonight, Evan? Why did you go to a Brooklyn Nets game tonight when there's a Monday night football game, the Giants are playing the Cowboys? What would make you decide something like this? Well, here, here's the thing. One of the reasons why I love DVR, one of the reasons why I love that technology, is it doesn't stop me and it shouldn't stop you from doing things that you enjoy. I mean, honestly, if there was no DVR and I sat home and watched every inning of every Met game, which I do, but I do it with DVR, if I didn't have that ability, I would probably still be single and there's a good chance I never would have had relations with any woman in my entire life. So I want to thank you, technology. I want to thank you, DVR. So on a night like tonight, I want to be in Brooklyn. I want to see the Nets. They're about to go on a West Coast trip. They're about to be away for two weeks. I enjoy going to the game. Uh, A buddy of mine is from New Orleans, so every year I take him to see the New Orleans Pelicans. So why the hell not? And yes, I will probably get home, at least according to my Google Maps GPS, at 1056. Okay, I have a slice of pizza maybe that I heat up. I sit down, I watch the Giants game, and I skip commercials. And I'll probably get to bed by 1 a.m. I'll wake up at 5 a.m. like normal. Four hours of sleep is plenty It's not a big deal. So hopefully that explains why on a Monday night football night with the Giants playing the Cowboys, why I went to Barclays Center. And I got to tell you, and I know this is very selfish on my part, but I'm being honest because I don't think I'm the only person in America that likes doing something while there's another sporting event going on to then go home and watch said sporting event. I appreciate the fact that throughout this Brandon Ingram show tonight in Brooklyn, They'd never flash the Giants score. I appreciate that because, listen, there were 17,000 people at Barclays Center. I'm sure half of them want to go home and watch Giants-Cowboys. So I like that. You want to flash NBA scores? Fine. You want to flash uh, which celebrity is in the building? And there was somebody from Earth, Wind, and Fire. There were a couple of rappers. Steve Madden is here every freaking night. You want to do that? Fine. But I love the fact that they, they, they did not flash the Giants score. So when I get home, which usually leaving upon leaving Barclays Center, it's about a 52-minute drive, I'll watch the Giant game. And let me start there with my drive home. So when I decide to go to a Nets game during the week, there is one huge negative but one huge positive. The negative is I cannot go back home to where I live in Westchester and then go to a Nets game. I just can't. Even with getting out of our radio show at 1 o'clock because... Anytime I've driven from Westchester to Barclays Center, normal traffic, not even crazy traffic, normal traffic, we're talking two hours. And that is way too much. So whenever I go to a Nets game, right after I finish the show, I head over to Brooklyn and I do something. You know, maybe I go see a movie, 
Maybe I sleep in my car. Maybe I watch WWE Network or Dawson's Creek, which I'm binge watching right now. Maybe I do a lot of reading. Whatever. I do different things. So today, by the way, I'll get to the game, okay? I'm, I will mention the fact that the Nets play no defense and they allowed 170 points in the third quarter. I'll get to that, but I figure this is an all-encompassing drive-home podcast. I also want to address uh, the Flatuance controversy concerning Mike Francesa and Flatuance in general. So I will get to that a little bit later on. But today, when I went to Brooklyn, I needed to freshen up my wardrobe. I do not have a great wardrobe. So I'd say about once every year, I go to some kind of store. Today, I decided Express at the Fulton Mall in Brooklyn. And it takes me 20 minutes. I go in. I buy a couple of pairs of jeans, a couple of shirts. Boom, boom. Get the hell out of there. Go home happy. So I did that today. I think I did an okay job. I got some nice shirts. I got some nice jeans. As I'm getting, I actually, it wasn't even as I got in the car. By the way, these taxi drivers, let me tell you something. They, they believe that if they put that hazards uh, blinker on, they can literally stop wherever the hell they want. I mean, right now I'm about to turn on Tillery Street in Brooklyn to get on the BQE, and this is the best time to drive the BQE because no one's on it. I mean, there's a freaking taxi driver that just stopped in the middle of the lane in which you're about to make that right-hand turn on Tillery. So now I got to play a game. I'm in the other lane, the lane where you don't turn, but at any moment, this taxi driver can take off his hazards and just go, and then no one is going to let me into the freaking lane. And because of that, I become a real bastard. Like, there's a taxi driver now trying to cut across to get in front of me, and I don't want to let them in because I stereotype thinking all taxi drivers are asses, and they put their hazards on whenever they feel like stopping. Now, I know that's not fair. I understand that. I'm sure there are a lot of taxi drivers listening right now, uh, all seven of you who listen to this podcast saying, hey, Evan, stop being a douche. And you're right, but in the heat of the moment, I don't want to let a taxi driver in in front of me. Now, this taxi driver forced his way in, so there's nothing I could do. Now I'm about to make the right-hand turn on Tillery. If you've been on Tillery lately, uh, where you make that turn off Flatbush, I mean, I don't know if they're doing construction. Maybe they're telling us they're doing construction. There are potholes everywhere. It is... Hold on. I feel like it hurts me when my car bounces off these roads. So now I made the turn. I'm about to get on the BQE. And that completes the most difficult part of my drive, getting away from Barclays Center and onto the BQE. So I got some clothes from Express, and I realized that this fleece sweatshirt that I bought, which looks so comfortable, it's like you're wearing a blanket, they left that that ink tag on it. They never took that ink tag off, whatever they call it. And so now, like a schmuck, I got to go back into an Express with a receipt and say, hey, you didn't take the ink tag off. I was going to wear this fleece sweatshirt in a Barclays Center, but you know why I didn't? I was thinking two steps ahead. I'm thinking the security thing's going to go off. Like, I'm going to walk through the metal detector at Barclays Center. They're going to say, wait, you keep going off, sir. They're going to notice the ink tag from the shirt I bought, and everybody's going to think I'm a criminal. Everybody's going to think I stole this freaking fleece shirt, which obviously I didn't. I spent, uh, I think it was like 40 bucks. It was it was reasonably priced. It's, it's damn comfortable. This schmuck thinks he's getting in. Are you kidding me? All right. I cleared my way. I'm on the BQE. So that, that was a little concerning. And now I've got to figure out a way. I guess I just go back to, I, I have to go back to an express though. I mean, I can't take that shirt back to any store and show them a receipt from an express and say, hey, can you please take this ink tag off for me? Thanks. 
So now I got to track down an express. But once I was done shopping, I uh, continued this voyage I've been on recently, and that voyage has been to just binge watch the crap out of Dawson's Creek. Um, and I got to tell you, I'm really enjoying it. I, I did not watch Dawson's Creek back in the day. I think I saw the first few episodes when it was live back in 1998-1999. And I remember Pacey hooking up with the teacher. I remember that. And then for whatever reason, I stopped watching the show. About a month ago, I don't know why I had this urge to start watching it again. So I spent, I'd say, at least four straight hours in my car, parked on Flatbush Avenue, watching the burgeoning relationship between Joey and Pacey. So that's how I spent my day getting ready, getting ready for this Nets game. Let me touch on this Nets game. Look, they won, okay? 125-115 was the final. Kyrie dropped 39. Joe Harris hit a big three that really put the game away. Karis LeVert continued to play well. Spencer Dinwiddie's got his head up his ass. He has not met a turnover he doesn't love lately. He's not shooting the basketball well either. He's not playing great defense. Really, nobody on this team is playing great defense. DeAndre Jordan injured his ankle and screamed the F word so loud that all the way upstairs in the section I sit in, I heard him say that very loudly. Luckily, my three-year-old wasn't with me. I would have been very, very offended, of course. Look, they won. And I'm glad I was able to see them win. I'm glad I was able to see them bounce back from the Detroit debacle. But can we be honest about this seven games in? Even though they won this game, I'm actually leaving Barclays Center for the first time, not even after the Piston debacle on Saturday, genuinely concerned about this basketball team. They made Brandon Ingram look like Kevin Durant tonight. And I get it. Brandon Ingram has a great amount of talent. All I could think about was Eves. Eves is the guy that came on the podcast, I would say, in early June when we were doing our NBA free agent predictions. He's a guy on Twitter. And all he could talk about are the moves he would want the Nets to make. And one of the names he mentioned was Brandon Ingram. And I remember even saying to him, I get it. Ingram's a talent. But freaking Brandon Ingram tonight did whatever the hell he wanted. But this exposed a greater issue that this basketball team has. Number one, they just don't defend enough. I mean, what we saw in the third quarter tonight was a disgrace. What, they give up 48 points in the third quarter? It was unbelievable. But guys who are long, guys who have length like Ingram, is gonna, they're going to give this team problems defensively. And honestly, all season long, you pick the game, they've had their issues defensively. I mean, their best defensive effort as a team may have been actually the game against the Rockets, believe it or not. So, look, they held on. They won. They hit the big shots down the stretch that they needed to, and it's only seven games. But a lot of the excuses you hear over the three and four start that they're off to is, well, guys need to learn how to gel together. Let me ask you this, and I'm not just talking about a little bit of improvement because this team needs a hell of a lot more than a little bit of improvement. Is gelling going to fix the overall defensive issues that this basketball team has, especially when they face a step up in competition? Because over the first seven games, outside of the Houston Rockets, and look, I think the Timberwolves are a talented team. I think once Zion Williamson is healthy, the Pelicans have a chance to be a talented team. But they haven't exactly played world beaters to start the year. They they let the Grizzlies hang around to the point where Drake Crowder was even in position to hit the game-winning three. They completely collapsed in the game against the Detroit Pistons when the Pistons are without Derrick Rose, they're without Blake Griffin, 
the Pacers without Miles Turner, who got hurt in the middle of that game, without Victor Oladipo. I mean, they're three and four against some mediocre to bad basketball teams. And the overriding issue to me, two things. One, I'm, I have some confidence they're going to clean up, and that's the turnovers. I mean, the turnovers are way too much. I think they turned the ball over 14 times in the first half of this game. You can't have that happen. You cannot have that happen. And look, Dinwiddie's a big culprit. And I'm glad that Kenny Atkinson, unlike the Detroit game, realized that Dinwiddie should not be on the floor in the final few minutes with Karis LeVert on the bench. We have not seen a lot of Kyrie, LeVert, and Dinwiddie at the same time. But right now, you cannot sit Karis LeVert for Spencer Dinwiddie. And I'm not giving up on Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm not throwing him in the trash. I'm calling him out for the way he's playing right now. There's a big difference. Will he shoot the basketball better? I think he will. Will he cut down on his turnovers? Yes, I think he will. So I'm not throwing him out. I'm just calling him out for playing like crap, which I think is completely fair. Now, if Jordan misses significant time, we're going to see interesting options for Kenny. Number one is to give Nicholas Claxton some minutes. We've seen him get no burn. He was active tonight, I think, but he's got no opportunity yet. The other option is to go small on a more consistent basis. Now, is that really going to help them defensively? Probably not that much. They had some success last year when they went small and they were playing Rondé at the five. But Jordan hasn't been great shakes to begin with. But he sprained his ankle tonight. Uh, We'll see how serious it is. Look, Kyrie's been great. And it's funny, rooting now for a basketball team that gets this attention that they get. And they get a lot of attention nationally. That Kyrie Irving article comes out in Bleacher Report in which, yeah, there were some things about Kyrie that painted him in a negative light. And I'll be the first one to tell you when Kyrie Irving is a problem, when I'm concerned about Kyrie Irving. There really wasn't anything in that article that's concerning me. He's moody. Really? That's what I'm freaking out about? Here's what I know about Kyrie Irving. So far as a Brooklyn net, he's been pretty freaking good. Am I going to put the 3-4 and four start on Kyrie Irving? No. There's a lot of reasons why they're 3-4, and four, and it starts on the defensive side. But what I've noticed, and you know, I should have realized this, is that when you have star players, guys who are, you know, hated by many, loved by many, you're going to get this, where they can do one tiny thing, and it's going to be a big story. And Kyrie Irving's a weird guy. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie about that. Kyrie Irving is different. But right now, seven games into his Brooklyn Nets career, I'm not bitching about Kyrie Irving. I, I don't think they've played... Look, I think sometimes the Nets play too much ISO basketball. I don't think that's all on Kyrie Irving. I think that happens with Spencer Dinwiddie. I think sometimes that happens with Karis LeVert. And at times tonight, I, I get that the three-point shot is going to be a big weapon of this basketball team. I like the fact they shoot a lot of threes when it comes in the flow of the offense. And a lot of times it did tonight. But then there are some times where it's just completely forced. And that's what I'd like to see them cut down on. But offensively, look, they're going to be fine offensively. I'm really not concerned about the potential of this offense. And it's only going to get better, especially down the road when the big man is healthy. But defensively... Over the first seven games, especially what we saw tonight as Brandon Ingram looked like Kevin Durant himself, it's concerning. And a part of why it's very concerning is I'm not fully convinced 
they're going to be able to fix it to the, get to the point where they're a top 10 defense. And if you're going to succeed, if you are going to compete with teams like Milwaukee, with teams like Philadelphia, even with teams like Boston, you got to be better defensively. I'm not expecting them to be a top three defensive team in this NBA or a top five team. But right now, I mean, they're putrid. And you've got to be a lot better than putrid. Now, this was an important win. It was an important win because two and five with a big West Coast trip coming up is not exactly a place you want to be. And I look at this West Coast trip, and it's going to be tough, especially with Denver, Utah, Portland being a couple of the teams on the schedule. They also have Phoenix, who's off to a pretty good start. They've got Chicago, who's got some talent. I just want to survive this. That's the way I look at it. I mean, it's a five-game trip, if I'm not mistaken. If they went two and three and came back two games under 500, uh, I'll be fine with it. The schedule softens up once they come home. The one thing you don't want to do, and we saw the Nets do it in the Garnett-Pierce year, is put yourself in a position where you bury yourself. And now you spend half the season, basically, getting out of that hole. And look, the Nets did that last year. I mean, they were 8-18. and I am very curious about this, and a part of this is what they did against the Rockets on Friday night in Brooklyn. Are they going to be the kind of team that steps up when they face good teams, steps up when they face the better teams in this league, and they're going to be tested on this West Coast trip and then kind of plays down to their competition the way they did to Memphis, the way they did to Detroit, even the way they did to the Knicks? I kind of leave Minnesota out because with the star Carl Anthony Towns is off to, I mean, who knows? Maybe the Timberwolves are going to be a team that competes for a playoff spot in the Western Conference. I don't know. Last year was a weird year. Last year was a tough year to judge for Minnesota with all the crap they had to deal with with Jimmy Butler and the trade that went down. So I kind of leave them out as far as what they are. But are they going to be that kind of team? Like, are they going to be the kind of team that on this West Coast trip beats Denver in Denver but loses to Phoenix? I could totally see it, but they won, and that makes me feel good, all right? I'm happy about that. They're three and four. Now, as I was sitting in my car watching Dawson's Creek, I noticed that the New York Daily News, which has become a shell of its former self, we all know that, decided to publish an article on its website about Mike Francesa, my coworker, <laughs> uh, uh What's the proper way? They were passing flatulence during a rip of Adam Gase. So I went back. First of all, can I start before I even analyze the audio and talk about flatulence in general? Because why not? I'm driving home from a Nets game. Let's have some fun. I mean, the Daily News is really writing this article. I mean, seriously, this is, and I guess this shows you the power of Mike that did Mike make a bubble. That was the reference I had when I was a kid. Did you make a bubble, Evan? Did Mike make a bubble? I guess it shows you the power of Mike, but that's a story. I mean, are we, are we serious? By the way, let me point something out very important before we continue. Uh, the football season is on and you can stream all your local games with CBS All Access. And all you've got to do is use the code Evan, CBS All Access, promo code Evan, and you can check out all the local football going on because now it's getting hot. It's November. We're starting to see the real teams in the National Football League. We know the Jets stink. We're pretty sure the Giants stink. But you can watch all the other really good teams with CBS All Access. So use that code, Evan, when you sign up 
and check it out. CBS All Access. Anyhow, so I played the clip, and I got to tell you, I've agreed with a lot of what Mike has said about the Jets and Adam Gase. I don't always normally agree with him, especially during the old Rex Ryan era. But, I mean, Adam Gase is a disgrace. We all know this. I mean, we, we all know that Adam Gase should not have been hired to begin with, and he should be fired immediately as the head coach of this team because we can't watch him do any more damage to this young quarterback. But whatever. You hear enough of that during the midday show. So I listened back to the clip, and here's what I'll say. Do I hear a flatulent sound? Absolutely. I hear something that sounds like a traditional cutting the cheese moment. But the reason why I'm skeptical that it is him or it is a cut the cheese is he doesn't skip a beat. Like, he just, he's almost talking over it. And so for that reason, look, we we can never prove it. There'll there'll never be an undeniable truth to this. But I lean towards it was some kind of squishy sound from his chair. Now, with that said, I got to tell you, I've never had a flatulence issue on the air but I had one, it was about a month ago, and it was so embarrassing. I, I ran home, I told my wife about it. She was cracking up, she thought it was funny. And look, it's not on purpose. I mean, I'm not sitting there, and if Mike actually did it, he's not sitting there. Nobody wants to do that on purpose. All right, I try to be a class guy. By the way, I am now passing City Field on my route home, and I can see Carlos Beltran. It still says, welcome Mets manager, Carlos Beltran. So that, that is still freaking weird to me. As I drive past City Field and I head over to the Van Wick, eventually to the White Stone Bridge. So I was I went to the park. I went to the park and I am pushing Jet on a swing, which Jet is my son, by the way, if you do not know. And he loves the swing. He's a big swing guy, loves it, big swinger. Alright? Loves being pushed on that swing to the point where I could push him on the swing for an hour. In fact, one time. I think I was debating with a friend about sports on the phone while pushing Jet on the swing, and 40 minutes went by. Loves the swing. Now, there are three swings right next to each other, and I usually take him to this park at around 2.30, 3 o'clock, and usually it's just us, which is great. I mean, who needs anybody around? Well, this particular time, a woman comes over with her daughter and starts pushing her on the swing while I'm pushing Jet on the swing, and it's, it's, it's awkward because... I don't want to talk to her. I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I'm pushing my son on the swing. I got to start an awkward conversation. Like, what are we going to talk about? I'm going to ask her about her daughter. I got to be honest. I don't really care. I don't know this person. Why do I have to start an awkward conversation? So I choose not to. I'm not a jerk. If she says something, I will greatly talk back. But for the most part, I just want to push my freaking son on the swing. That's all I want to do. I want to push him on the swing. I want him to be happy. And then I want to go home. That's it. That's my day. Then I want to eat dinner and I want to pass out. So we're pushing him on the swing. Everything's fine. And out of nowhere, loud as can be, boom, it comes out. It came out. And so I I am mortified because I'm thinking to myself, holy crap, how embarrassing is this? She had to have heard it. So in that split second, I had two options or three options. Option number one is to apologize right away. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I can't believe that happened. But if you do that, you're admitting guilt. You're admitting guilt. Option number two, and this was a good one and I thought about it, was blame Jet. He's three years old. He doesn't know. Just say, oh my God, Jet, you got to learn. You can't do that in front of people. 
So option number two is to blame the three-year-old. And option number three is to remain silent and, hey, put it in the back of her mind that maybe it was her. Put it in the back of her mind that maybe it was Jet. Put it in the back of her mind that maybe it was all a figment of her imagination, that it actually never happened. You think you heard that, but it never happened. Now, between those three options in the moment, I decided to go with the, hey, don't say a freaking word, make believe it didn't happen. In fact, I'd say like seven seconds, I let a few seconds go by after it came out, I just started talking to Jet. I was like, yeah, Jet, so you want to go home and play with the train soon? Yeah, that'll be fun. Figuring, hey, if I'm that calm, there's no way she's going to think I did it. Now, there is no great ending to this story. In fact, the story kind of went nowhere because she never acknowledged it. Uh, I swang him for about another five to ten minutes, and then we got the hell out of Dodge. And I was embarrassed, and I told my wife, and she just thought it was hysterical, but I didn't mean to do it. I mean, I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, you know what I should do? I should just cut some cheese in front of this woman while I'm swinging my son on a swing. I'm not doing that. Why would I, why would I do that? So it happens. It happens. And if it was indeed a cutting the cheese moment, I would say, wow, it should have happened sooner. Guy's been on the radio for 30 years, but I don't know. I kind of remain skeptical about the whole thing. Right now I am... Uh, going over the Whitestone Bridge. I like the Whitestone Bridge. Solid bridge. When you look to your left, when you're going north on the Whitestone Bridge, which I'm doing right now, you get a really pretty view of Manhattan. A really nice skyline view. And you're far enough away in which the skyline view that you get is all-encompassing. It's everything. All right, by the way, as I wrap up this I don't even know if this is an Instant Reaction Nets podcast because I spent a lot of time talking about things that have nothing to do with the Brooklyn Nets. But coming up next week, it's our New York Mets off-season preview podcast. I will be bringing in a panel of three other Mets fans to join me. We will go around the diamond. We will analyze what trades the Mets should make, what free agent signings they should go after, and our overall thoughts on the hiring of Carlos Beltran the following week. We will have the New York Yankees off-season preview podcast. Uh, If you haven't checked it out yet, and you like pro wrestling, the Survivor Series retrospective has come out. It's an hour and a half. I warn you, it's long, but we go through. Me and uh, Dennis has a podcast, the official retrospective insider of the Evan Roberts podcast. We go through every main event in the entire history of the Survivor Series pay-per-view. We go through all of it, and we give you our thoughts, our analyzations. So definitely check that out in the archives of the Evan Roberts podcast. You can also check the uh, Beningo and Roberts podcast. We post old interviews, old segments, things that occurred from the previous day's show if you missed it. So there you go. I got my promos out of the way. I'm officially on the hutch. I'll be home in about 25 minutes, and I will watch a dvr game between the New York football giants and the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, thanks for listening to whatever the hell you want to call this edition of the Evan Roberts podcast.